Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often, they pushed themselves out of their comfort zone and took risks. We want to know about that decision point, why did they make that decision, and most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abracci Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior. And in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're thrilled to have Dr. Kimberly Williams as our special guest. Kimberly is a wife and mother of two teenagers and loves international travel. As the executive director for several physicians' associations in Georgia and the southern region of the country, Kimberly is charged with weaving short-term and long-term strategic goals into organized plans, policy, and program implementation. This work includes collaboration with physicians, healthcare professionals, academicians, business leaders, legislators, and industry partners to support common objectives. Kimberly partners with both for-profit and nonprofit organizations to identify opportunities that amplify the importance of social and environmental justice, increase diversity in healthcare professions, and to ensure healthcare equity. Kimberly received her bachelor's in communications from Mount Vernon College at George Washington University and her master's in public communications from the American University, both in Washington, D.C. She then earned her Ph.D. from Capella University in organization and management with concentration in leadership, people management, and healthcare. With a focus on spiritual and mental wellness, Kimberly facilitates mental health first aid training, and in her spare time, she leads her daughter's Girl Scout troop. So Kimberly, welcome. We'd like to start our podcast always by asking, what show, podcast, book, or blog do you go to when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking? Well, thank you so much, Kelly and Carrie, for having me. It's truly an honor to be here. So your first question, what show, book, podcast do I go to to push and expand myself? Well, I read all the time for my job. I listen to podcasts. I try to expand my knowledge. So I don't have a favorite or a go-to. However, I have two really good friends who are HR professionals and leadership managers, and they both have podcasts that I go to sometimes when I just need a little charge or a little pick-me-up. And the first one is a friend of mine, Emily Elrod, and she does something called Wise Work, which gives leaders a little helpful hints and encouragement, support, because they're spending so much time supporting and encouraging others. So that's typically a really good pick-me-up for me. And then one that really pushes me and expands my thinking is another colleague of mine, Doreen Linneman, and her podcast is from her company called Prepare to Roar. 
And it really takes the time to challenge and push and encourage leaders again to step outside of their comfort zone, think about what really matters, including self-care, and challenges them to push a little further, dig in a little deeper, explore why you chose to take this route and role that you're in, and encourage you to just move forward. So those are my two go-tos. Hi, Kim. I like those two. What are, since it's around leaders, what, if you think about maybe your top one to two leadership tips that you like, since you've been around the, uh, for a while, Kim, I say that because we're the same age. So I think I'm older. So the young chick, that is Kim. Uh, what, what are maybe your, from the podcast that you've learned a couple leadership tips that you could, that you could share? So let's see specifically is to, I guess, remain, remain honest and maintain your integrity. And we so often see leaders in various roles who don't necessarily remain transparent and honest. And that's a big one because in HR, you're not only giving out responsibilities, policies, practices, but you have to live those yourself because individuals are watching you. So as a leader, that's extremely important is to remain, maintain your integrity. Yes. And I think to your point, if the integrity and people are watching you and so people do watch what you are doing. And so leaders who say one thing, that's where that term, you got to walk the talk. Leaders who say one thing, employees are incredibly intelligent and will see that you're saying, oh, we should be honest and truthful, but you're not. They know it right away. Employees are incredibly intelligent when it comes to detecting BS and inauthentic behavior. So thank you for that one. I think everyone... Uh, needs to hear integrity, integrity, integrity. And it's just what I love. I don't know if I'm sure you've seen this one too, Kim, is the inconsistency is what is also so damaging for leaders. So if you're really kind of a jerk, but you're a consistent jerk, people would rather have that than the inconsistent leader where sometimes maybe you have integrity and sometimes you don't, sometimes you're a jerk and sometimes you're not. I mean, if you're not going to have integrity, at least be consistent about it. That's a horrible message, but right. (laughs) Right. I remember reading that somewhere is yeah. uh, people will work for a jerk yeah. if he's consistent. He or she yeah. is consistent. So, yeah. Yeah. So at least because you people want to know what they're walking into on Monday morning. So we're recording this on a Monday. People want to know, is my manager going to be like, hey, I don't do small talk. I don't want to hear about your weekend, but at least that's consistent. But what's worse is I go in on Monday and my manager's really nice to me. I'm like, oh, how was your weekend, Kim? And then the next Monday, like, I don't want to talk to you. And so now you're inconsistent and that's not good. So consistently be a jerk, people out there. No, that's not the lesson. All right. (laughs) So Kim, what is the decision that you made that changed the trajectory of your life? And what are those charge qualities that you use to help you make that decision? Well, that is a, another great question, Carrie, and I'm sure you may or may not, since I've known you a few years, uh-huh. you may or may not remember this, but for me, it's a very, uh, a very 
pointed time in my life back in 2009 when the pharmaceutical company that I worked for was acquired by another pharmaceutical company, which typically happens in that business. And we had the choice of relocating to Chicago, where their headquarters was, or remaining in Georgia and, of course, receiving a nice little bit of a severance. And that was really a point, a time in my life where I was able to take a breather, stop, pause, and really think about what was next in my life. And for me, I thought, gosh, pharmaceuticals is great. There's awesome money. Benefits are good. You're able to travel the country, travel the world, at least in the HR role that I was in. And so um, it was a great opportunity for me to continue in my career. However, at the time, my husband reminded me that I had talked often about completing my PhD. And he said, wow, isn't this the perfect time to do that? And I thought to myself, uh, yeah, it is. However, I'd be taking a major pay cut. I have little kids. So what am I going to do with my little kids? I wasn't really kind of that mom, stay at home mom type of mom. Mm -hmm. And I really just had to use what I call courage from the charge framework. The very first bullet there, I had to take on courage and make a decision to not take the easy way out. Right. So the easy way out for me was money, career, um, consistency, something I knew, something I was familiar with versus taking a step back, uh, making a decision. OK, I'm home more. So we'll take the kids out of after school programs and daycare, which means I'm going to be more involved in their day to day lives. And so that that was difficult at the time. However, it was a part of setting a goal and saying, I know what I want in my future and I know what I need to do to get there. So do I go forward with something I'm familiar with or something that I'm not so familiar with? And I had to make that that change and that changed the direction of my life and my career. And I haven't looked back since. Mm. What? So go back to, so your husband who says, remember, you said you wanted to get a PhD and this is a great time. To, and you said it took courage to, because I, I like what you said around that consistency because it was easy to your point. Like this was the easier path. This is what I kind of knew. I'm going to make some money. I'm going to do this. This is the path I'm already on. So if you don't mind taking us back to that time of what were some of the emotions behind it? If there was fear, if there was trepidation, how long did it take you to make that decision? Was it relatively quick or short? Take us back to that kind of that, that real, the emotions around that, that decision. So again, that's a great question and an easy question because it was such an emotional time for me to make such a life-changing situation. And for anyone who honestly has worked in pharmaceuticals, it's a, it's a great paying uh, role. It's an awesome position. You get to meet people. You learn about the intricacies of developing medications similar to what we're learning and watching with the current coronavirus vaccine. But you're, you're majorly involved in that. And there's so much more that's going on behind the scenes than, than people really know about and understand. So I, and I truly loved that role. I loved being able to help people knowing that 
the work we were doing was helping people and then working with great people. So being an HR manager and an HR director for sales representatives, for scientists and researchers. And on top of that, being able to travel because our company was an international company, uh, being able to travel the world. And as I mentioned, the money wasn't too bad. So walking away from all of that and deciding to utilize or put aside my severance package to be able to live off of or to continue the income that I had with my husband and to be able to pay to complete a doctorate degree because that also costs money. Uh And then to make decisions, um, if you're a career woman, as I was, to be able to get dressed up every day and go into the office and heels and business suits and shop when and where I wanted to shop and buy what I wanted to buy, I, you know, that would, that was a major adjustment at that moment. And I thought about it and I said, you know what, my husband's right. I'm, I, you know, immediately I'm going to go for this because I know the long-term goal will have a better outcome than continuing in this direction and never knowing what it was like to complete my PhD, start my PhD. Was I going to wait? If I didn't start now, when would I start? So the decision was almost a bit easy until I started getting job offers. And uh, yeah, that, then that really, cause you're like, oh, this is good on paper and I don't have a job offer and I'm going to do the PhD and this is good. Cause what I, what you said, Kim, is this long-term, keeping the long-term in mind is so critical because you can get through a lot because it's long-term. And in fact, we were joking before we started the podcast about just healthcare and getting vaccines and things like that and doing good proactive things for your health. And most of those things we do is for the long-term. So we help ourselves live longer. And so to buy into that, and so you had this good, what sounds like you had this good plan. You're like, you're right. This is the long-term I can do it all. I'm on this path. And then here comes a little temptress for you of jobs. And so, yeah, what happened then? Right. So I I thought about it and I had already made up in my mind that if I didn't go forward with the educational piece, I might never have the chance again, depending on my children and relationships and things. So I turned down that particular job and just pushed forward to my long-term goal. Wow. And I think that's what, again, keeping, how hard was it to keep your eye on the long-term? Was this kind of a, nat- like, Kim, do you, do you, are you, have you always been that kid who was pretty good at, at the long-term goal or did you really have to change kind of your thinking to, no, 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 I need to be more long-term or was that just kind of natural for you? So under normal circumstances, naturally, I do think about the long term so I can put off self-gratification and those types of things, typically. But in this case, it was just a major decision. Again, and I'm not a money person. I haven't. Traditionally, I'm not a person who's so concerned about money and prestige. But that was a good feeling at that time, at my age at the stage in my career, when it's just going up, 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 it's hard to walk away from that. Uh, so, so although my normal plan of action or my normal decision-making is to focus on long-term goals, this made it, this time it was a bit difficult. 
And what what was the difference then with your family? Because if you were kind of out and you had the career and now you're shifting. So like you said, you were home in the after school. And what was that shift of the family like? What were the kids and kind of how did you manage? Because that's a very different lifestyle. <laughs> Boy, I have to laugh at that because although I had two children, I am not extremely maternal naturally. <laughs> I hear yeah. you. Yeah. So yeah, when you're a career person, right. it, that, that mo- normal home mother kind of stuff doesn't come as naturally. Uh-huh. So yeah, it was that was a major adjustment. And 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 some women would say, gosh, what's the big deal? But to now be at home. And, and of course, my husband and I juggled the drop-offs in the mornings and the pickups afterward. And our kids went from their school to a daycare center afterward. But now to know that I was the drop-off mom waiting in the car line to drop off and I was the pickup mom at the end of the day, or I was walking to the bus stop with the other moms in my neighborhood to go get their kids from the bus stop. And I mean, it was an adjustment to just have that mom small talk at the bus stop even. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, that was new to me. Uh-huh. So, I mean, such an adjustment. And then being more of a, a bit more of a cook because my husband was a better cook than I was. So just really digging in for recipes and what to cook and pl- thinking about these things. Uh, and I didn't have funds to hire a, a nanny or an, a, a a pair or a helper. It was all me because I was home uh, during the day studying and in class. So all of that fell on me. And and that was a significant adjustment, I have to admit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really appreciate and how you admitted, you're like, I'm not the most maternal. And I think that's really hard for women to admit, especially once they have children, right? That to, to be so honest and to say, it's kind of difficult to to do this. This is not really what I thought. Like you still love your children very much, but there's a difference. I see these women who are so excited to um to to maybe build the Legos or to play those things. And I was I'm excited to have a teenager, right? I, I like I was more like I'd rather have the teenager and have all the drama, uh, which I have now, versus playing blocks. I don't do well playing blocks. So I'd rather have the teenager. And I see those women who can do that. I'm like, yeah. And, and what you said about the small talk, I, I, I don't know how to do that very well with the other moms. So it really is a stretch. And I appreciate that you said that, Kim, because not, I think a lot of women feel like, oh, no, it has to be this natural thing. And I can't talk about it. So I really appreciate that you said something. What, um, what actions do you have for peep for our listeners to help them, what did you learn through all this? What actions do you have to help that our listeners could take to help them make decisions in their lives? So two areas that I think were, were extremely helpful to me and I think are helpful in, in general for leaders and for individuals, women, those career-minded who want to make decisions is first having humility that uh, being able to, if you have the courage, you're a strong person, you're a fighter, you're a go-getter, you're goal-oriented. Humility is so important because you have to deal with other people. You have to deal with challenges of being able to respect others. And that happens, that has to happen in the workplace. 
but it's not always as easy when you step back and then have to step back in. So being able to find a mentor, find someone who you can work with that maybe can help you with that. If you're not a naturally humble person or, or it's not easy for you to be humble, um, that was helpful to me. So I found a mentor who I had a friend of mine who I worked with prior to leaving the pharmaceutical company. And uh, she's uh, she's still a mentor to me and a friend. And she is someone who I can bounce things off of and be able to accept the truth mm. that I've made mistakes or I didn't do a great job here. How and, and maybe have me stretch myself and rethink what could I have done better? How can I make this? How could I have had a more strong argument? Those kinds of things. So humility, I think, is is very important when trying to make those decisions. I think it's so, your humility is so, to me, so obvious with your story of this was hard. And not only did you say it was hard, but you knew what was the enticing part of the current situation. So you know, you're like, you know what? I like going to buy my own stuff. I like that I get to dress up and do these things. And I think sometimes if you don't know what you like about something you're leaving, you could easily try to keep replacing that with something that you, you're not quite sure why, right? If you don't know that I like doing that stuff, then maybe that's what you figure out how to do once in a while is I'm just going to go shopping or I'm going to get something or I'm going to dress up. And so I think that that such self-awareness that you have, Kim, and that you've been working on it and that you still have this mentor and this coach to help you. And it takes tons of humility to say, I don't know everything. And that's what Kelly's heard me say this all the time. So many, what I love about my PhD friends is yet you've been there where you think that they would act like the experts in everything. And yet they're usually the people that say, at least the ones in my program, I don't know. And you're like, wow, you wrote the dissertation. They're like, I don't know about that one. I'd have to do more research. <laughs> so there's right. a lot of humility that, and that you could easily say, Kim, I have a PhD in it. I don't need to, I don't need to research anymore. I'm pretty good. And yet you're constantly learning. And you, like you said, I make mistakes and I learn from them. I, uh, your humility is very evident. And I we really appreciate that. It's a great lesson for people to hear. Did you say you had another one, Kim? I do. And my uh, last so my last one and, and my favorite one, because it ties, they all tie together, of course, but is exemplary and just being the best you you can be, which incorporates all of the things that I think we've talked about or I've talked about today is having courage, your level of integrity, your humility, but just working through whatever process you're in and being the best at it that you can be always looking for areas to improve and do better. And so I'll use my same example. Even after I completed my PhD, I decided to work in areas where I was able to continue research versus uh, at one point I thought I wanted to go into academia uh, and I did for a short period of time, but I found my most pleasure was doing a lot of the behind the scenes research, mm. digging deeper and being able to present solid information and evidence to individuals to help them make better decisions, right? So as HR professionals, that's a lot of what we do is present data, present information, analyze information that we've gathered and presented in a way that makes sense to others. 
So uh, that's why exemplary just stands out to me because you have to continue to do better, make yourself better. How can I help others understand this? How can I make it make sense for them? Um, Those types of things. Yeah. And I think that exemplary and humility, like you were saying, go so they're, they're such a good complement to each other because in order, like you said, to present the information, you do have to be humble because you have to think about it from their perspective because they might not appreciate the information the way you would. So you have to think, okay, what that audience like and what, and you're always like you, you've mentioned, you're always trying to help the person. You're trying to say, okay, here's the data. Here's how I, how we can help. Here's how you can get better. So I, I do have to say, what is frustrating to you, Kim, in your quest to present the evidence, learn, and get better? When do you get frustrated, either with yourself or with with others? I got to put that in there, Kim, for you. You're so positive. <laughs> You're so positive and so uplifting. And so I'm such the, I'm your temptress. I'm like, all right, Kim, give me one you're frustrated. Come on, Kim. Give me one frustration from Kim Williams. <laughs> right. And you're asking me for one. I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Out of all of those, let's see. I think, uh, and I, again, as, as HR professionals and as researchers and uh, as PhD can uh, PhD completors, uh-huh. you've done all of the research, you've analyzed the data, you're ready to present it, and you do present it. My biggest frustration and or challenge tends to be politics, uh-huh. and that's a big one in our area and in our roles, because every company and organization has its own culture. They handle things differently. They manage things differently. So when you're sharing information and data and it's in a way that you've, you've met with your customers or your associates or uh, your, your those who you are leading, you've gotten everything you can and you've, you've, got, you've gathered the data or the information and you're presenting it in a manner that you think makes sense. You've bounced it off of others and it makes sense. And based on the politics, someone just doesn't buy in mm-hmm. and, and you and doesn't support what everybody else has agreed that this is a really good idea. This 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 is going to work or this direction will be positive for our business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the right relationships and talk the right lingo and deal with people in a way that they want to be managed all of your hard work just goes out the window. Uh-huh. Yes, and, that yeah. is so frustrating. Um, I mean, in theory, it sounds very frustrating. Kelly, that's never happened to us. I don't know. I mean, it's interesting to hear Kim talk about this politics, but it's never happened to us. We just give facts and data and uh, it always seemed to work. Right, Kel? Right. Everyone appreciates it, never questions it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and says, well, thank you so much. And they immediately act on our recommendations Yeah, so, without second guessing us. Yeah, I've learned a lot today from Kim, that there's a whole world out there that, yeah, just, that, that we've just never experienced. Yeah, thank you, Kim. It's really eye-opening. <laughs> right. I know you know. I was going to say, well, clearly you've never worked with doctors, legislators. <laughs> I know it's everybody. Politics is everywhere. That's what... Um, Kelly and I talk about when people say, oh, the corporate world, or I said, have you been a nonprofit? Have you been in a university? Have you heard about tenure? 
Have you, anytime there's more than two people, there are politics involved. So you can't escape it. You can't just escape one uh, sector industry and think that there won't be as bad a politics. It's, it's there. It's people. It's in religion. It's, it's in everything. So there are politics, but sorry, Kelly, you were going to say how, how that never happens to us though. Still. No, I mean, there's politics and families, you know, there's politics and everything. So yes. Are you human? There's politics. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think one of the biggest takeaways from me, Kimberly, in, in what you shared was to, to not be afraid and to really take a chance on yourself because there is inherent opportunity if you're willing to go for it and willing to put forth the effort to maybe you don't know everything, of course, and you need maybe the support of others, a mentor, um, maybe immediate family, a friend, whoever it is, but to know that you have the tools that you need, or even if you don't know what the tools are, that there are resources out there, um, you can go find them, that you can accomplish really anything that you you want to. And so I think for people who are, especially in this year of challenge, um, whether they've lost a job um, due to being laid off, whether they made a choice to say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave this job because it's no longer fulfilling to me. Um, and maybe they decide to pursue another career or pursue a PhD like you did, um, Kimberly and Carrie, um, that there is ample opportunity um, and there are inherent challenges with, with anything new that you take on, but to really not be afraid um, and to truly take the opportunity for what it is, a chance, a chance for you to improve, a chance for you to learn, a chance for you to grow, and that it is uncomfortable and it is unnerving. And you will at times question, <laughs> what am I thinking? What am I doing? Do I, do I have what I need? But that at the end of the day, um, there, there are people here to help you. So I love, I love your story. I love that you really emphasize the importance of having humility and realizing that, no, you don't know everything, but you can reach out and get the support that you need and that to always strive to lead with integrity and be the best version of yourself that you can be. So it's a very powerful message. Um, are there any other bits of wisdom that you want to share with, with our listeners before we wrap up? Kelly, I was going to say, I couldn't have said it better myself. Your wrap up was perfect. Awesome. Well, we thank you so much for your um, insights, Kimberly. I mean, you're certainly someone who has given us a lot to think about. And especially as we close this year, this is our last podcast of 2020. And I know many of us I think all three of us are really looking forward to closing the lid on this year oh, and um, looking forward to 2021. And we are wishing all of you on behalf of myself, uh, Dr. Carrie Ulrich, Dr. Kimberly Williams, um, we wish you all a, a blessed and um, safe, happy and healthy new year. If you would like to connect with Dr. Kimberly Williams, I will share all of her contact information in her show notes. Um, her LinkedIn is Kimberly Williams, PhD. And again, thank you, um, Dr. Kimberly Williams, so much for taking the time to join our podcast today and for sharing your story um, and your insights. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. 
You can find us on LinkedIn at Abracci Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.